So in light of current news and developments, um, we just want to take a second to acknowledge all of the employees at Activision right now who have been subjected to horrible mistreatment um, by the hands of upper management and a CEO who knew about all sorts of abuse and harassment and did nothing. Um, we would like to offer our strong support for those employees and that we here, both me and Andrew, feel very strongly that Bobby Kotick should be, um, should no longer be in a position of power in any circumstances um, and that he should be properly um, held accountable for what he's done at the company and for what he allowed to happen at his company and events that he was fully aware of. Um, and we just wanted to take the beginning of this episode to acknowledge that before we talked about anything else because it felt like the most important part of news and the most important thing happening in the industry right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. And we made it. This is episode 25. Woo! I don't know we exactly can, what that landmark means, but we did it. We can rent a car. Nice. And we are starting to feel very existential about being in our mid-20s. <laughs> I'm pretty existential. Every episode of the show, I get really existential and ask lots of questions. <laughs> I get, you know, I get really existential on my drives home. I'm like, damn. Sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't know why you said that. You're allowed to say that. I know, but, you know, um, I just get existential on my ride home. But that's just part of being 25. Yeah. Do you listen to this this show while you drive home every single day and that's what I makes do, you existential? It, yeah. It does not make me feel uh, better. It makes me feel worse. I say, Wow. We're okay. all just floating on this big rock, huh? I'll Talking ask you a video question, games. Kelly. Okay. Um, we are making this podcast. Yep. When you listen to this podcast, how do you feel? How does it feel to hear yourself talk about video games and the like? Well, the truth is, is my like listening to myself used to really bother me when I was younger, especially really early on in like my college career. Um, because I had to listen to myself a lot. But then I just got used to it, and I don't really care anymore. I also feel like um, I, me and my sister have very similar-sounding voices. Mm -hmm. Like, we could, like, be mimics of one another vocally. So I feel like it helps because I already kind of know what my voice sounds like to someone <laughs> else. <laughs> um, but, yeah. That's really a little, interesting. That's a little Kelly backstory for you. We need Kelly backstory. It builds the lore. The deep Kelly lore. Yeah, no, it makes it makes us more <laughs> invested in the Kelly lore. Yeah. Thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. your investment. Of course. I mean, it's not monetary. I'm not giving you any money. No. Ever. Okay. Don't even ask. Well, okay. That's... Were you going to? No, I mean, I just, you know, you know, I'm, you know. Do you want 10 cents? I actually don't. Oh. Thanks. Well, 
Tencent, our favorite company as we've established, has acquired Solile Limited. Solil? Solile? Solil? Soleil? Soleil. S-O-L-E-I-L Limited. It is a Japanese developer. They are behind the recent Nintendo Switch game Ninjala. They're pretty well received. People really like Ninjala. Um, They've been acquired by Tencent, as I just said. This is a trend that we've covered more often than I'd like to in our 25 episodes. It seems like the pace at which this kind of news story is coming in is speeding up. It's either Tencent or NetEase seemingly acquiring somebody every week or two. And it's just not something I like to know. I don't want this to happen anymore. You know, it's going to keep happening, but it just feels bad that so many developers, especially small ones that have so much creative uh, juice flowing through them, are getting acquired by this just conglomerate who, you know, might still let them do what they want. But it just feels like there's going to get a point where they own so much that they are going to completely warp the video game industry to whatever they want it to be. Yeah. I I mirror what you are saying and what you've said about how it's it just doesn't feel good to see these kind of stories like over every week. It's like one new thing and then another new thing and then another new thing and you know, we've talked about it a lot, so I think everybody kind of knows where I stand on it, but just like sad to see. Yeah. Cuz you know I'm- it's hard it's hard to when you're when you've got a lot of uh, upper management going on, it's hard to like make your own create have creative control. And it feels different than like some of the Western acquisitions that happen in the in the greater media scheme. Like Disney obviously acquires a lot of stuff, and they have over the past like two decades bought tons of major franchises and done lots of things with them. But that doesn't feel the same level of bad because like yeah they buy that buy those things to make money that's how business works that's how capitalism works but to some extent there's still like a creative there's still creativity behind those decisions you know yes like disney buying a bunch of stuff so that they they can make marvel even better than buying fox and therefore increasing what they can do with marvel yeah there's some questionable things going on there having them buy other major corporations. But at least there's like a lot of creative stuff that can be done with that. And that allows for more interesting media. Whereas this does not feel like they're that Tencent or NetEase are doing these things for the sake of creativity or new media. They're doing it so that they can introduce new money-making tactics in a not-so-positive way. Um, because making money isn't inherently bad, but the way that some of their games do, like Pokemon Unite and others, is really, really yucky. And also, this is not a political show, but it is very known how much control they have in China, and it's not just video games. So seeing video games get pulled into that is very questionable. It makes me uncomfortable, and I don't want to see my video games get pulled into that because as we know video games are apolitical <laughs> <laughs> i have never 
received any sort of messaging or deeper <laughs> story in a video game. It's all very superficial, and I can shut my brain off and not think about anything going on in the world when I'm playing video games. Right, which is why especially, we play them, because yeah, they're so meaningless. Right, especially some of the games that have come out in the past like two, three years. No, there's nothing going on there. Trust it's a us. shallow pool. Um, very. It's very like, shallow. You're like toe deep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. At um, least that's what a lot of people would have you think. Right. We don't they're, actually. They're wrong. We're just, yeah. We're just, we're, just, we're just playing with you guys. We're just yanking your chain. <laughs> <laughs> we got them, Kelly. High five. We got them real good. High five. <laughs> we clap. We both clapped individually. If we high fived in the same room, there would be one clap sound. Yeah, you know, I don't think about that. I'm not just a... like you don't think about your games. See, That's... it all comes full circle. <laughs> it all comes full circle. But there is somebody who thinks a lot about games, and we've talked about him before. And his name is Jeff Keeley. And he spells it with a G because, you know what they say? Real G's move in silence <laughs> like lasagna. Um, so Jeff Keeley was like, you guys, the Game Awards are coming up. There's going to be a double digit amount, number amount of reveals at the Game Awards. That's game reveals, double digits. That's 10 and up. I really hope it's just 11 reveals. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's 10. <laughs> as low as possible after that claim. Yeah. Um, we know Jeff. He loves his game awards. That's his baby. So if he's excited, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but I'm theoretically. I mean, I'm, I always like to watch the game awards, even though they kind of aren't the best usually but i'm with this show especially happening i'm very excited for this year's yeah it's gonna be interesting i think they released the nominations for all the different games um today november oh, yeah, like 16th. a couple hours yeah yes so um should we, should we go in should we just say who the game of the year nominees are yeah we can do just game of the year i think doing all of them might be a bit much but why because there's five billion categories yeah there's a lot there's a lot of, i like, did see before reading these, I saw the top content creators of the year, like, you know, that nominee yeah. category. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really, you know, I don't want to be too, like, big headed, but I really thought we'd make it. I know, right? And what also, happened? I didn't know who any of them were. <laughs> I recognized two names on that list. I knew one, but like, not that I've seen their content. I just have seen the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the game of the year nominees... Are, and I I feel like I'm reading this like I'm about to announce <laughs> the winner. <laughs> Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Thoughts? Um, I think I know what your game of the year would be from that list. From this list, yeah. Um, I don't have, I have I not played really any of those games this year so I couldn't particularly pick I think it's an interesting mix of games I also think that it's pretty fitting I don't know I feel like this year didn't have a specific tone like last year like 
of course, Last of Us 2 was going to be on there, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, of course, Ghost of Tsushima was going to be on there. Um, but I think this year was a little bit more, like, diverse in terms of types of games. There's a horror game on there. Yeah. You know? There's, like, <clears throat> It Takes Two, which is kind of like a puzzle game. Um, Metroid Dread. Which, yeah, that's yeah, what surprised which is, me. It was a 2D game. Yeah. I, I am, I'm not as surprised about Metroid Dread because I feel like, that game received a lot of acclaim and I think that it was reasonable for them to put it on the list. I think yeah. it's, I don't know. I feel like they don't usually throw Nintendo games on there though. So that's pretty Yeah, Unless rare. it's like Zelda. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had to like choose, I think maybe Metroid Dread would probably be, probably deserve it just based on what I've heard. But like I said, I haven't played any of them, so I couldn't pick for myself. This is the most I've ever played of the game of the year nominees. Cause usually it's like three, I've played of the six. This year I've played five, and I don't want to play. I don't care to play It Takes Two. It's not my style of game. Mm-hmm. Um, I might give it a try at some point just so I'm informed, especially because it's on Game Pass, so I might just pop it on for like an hour so that I can feel informed when this happens. But yeah, for me, it's Metroid Dread. I think Deathloop's going to win, personally. Yeah, Deathloop was a big one. And like the nature of the game awards and who watches them more than anything. I I think Deathloop will probably win, but honestly, this is one of those years where I don't really care. Like the only game I would be like genuinely negatively surprised by would be it takes two because I think a couple of the other games on this list did more substantial things for the, like just did more notable things. Yeah. But I, I was, like I said, I was happy with the list, especially like Psychonauts 2, because that was such like an underdog for so many years for not just like the idea of it coming out and being high quality. I'll talk more about that later because it may be relevant. (gasps) (gasps) Um, But if you're planning on playing games on your PC and you were going to wait for your Steam Deck to do so, don't do it. I mean, you can still do it if you want, but. You're going to have to wait longer now because the Steam Deck has been delayed from holiday 2021 to February of 2022. And that is just the first round of pre-orders. All further rounds of pre-orders got pushed back two months as well. So I was on round two, meaning I was expecting mine January to March. And that has now been pushed to what would that be? March to May. But the people who are getting it first are now getting it two months later than expected. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Not that surprised. I wonder if they just oversold the first round. You know, like they do have it ready, but they're like not enough for the number of people that pre-ordered it. Yeah. I guess it's also mid-November and it still didn't have a shipping date. Right, right. I also think that this delay isn't particularly long. No. Two months and like, isn't too bad. Hardware delays usually feel weird, but the nature of the Steam Deck, because it's not like a new generation. It's just kind of like, oh, here's a new way to play some PC games. So it doesn't feel as like ground shaking. Do you hear the train? No. Okay. Was it Good. was it shaking the ground just like the Steam Deck delay? <laughs> No, no, because I heard neither. Uh, 
Well, I heard the well, Steve. Well, you heard about the yeah. delay. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll all just have to wait up a little bit longer for 2022, which is the year that other things are happening in, such as the Halo series on Paramount Plus. <gasps> Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> Did it's you gonna see be the a teaser? Series. Um, no. I mean, it was like literally like three frames like of live action. Or like, hey, Master Chief. Ugh. And I was like, that. Leave that been... man alone. <laughs> He's tired, I'm sure. I'm wondering, do we know if it's like a retelling? I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I feel like, what more can they possibly do with Master Chief? like there's books there's prequel books there's another game happening where we thought he was done but he's not done just when they thought he was done they pull him back in <laughs> sorry i'm Master confused Chief. by this series just because like i remember when it was announced a long time ago or maybe leaked and it was supposed to be like a steven spielberg production for showtime whoa well and then I'm i guess that just plus now <laughs> yeah and it's, it's just not love island usa now on paramount plus yeah i don't have paramount plus i do do you yeah let's not talk about it <laughs> okay, okay 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 i bought it i bought it okay okay all right i did okay i did the free trial okay because i because uh-huh. i wanted to watch love island usa uh okay. live and i don't have cable so i bought it I did the free trial and then I forgot and I'm still paying for it because my family's like, it was like in July. (laughs) I thought this was like a month. Okay. I will say my family keeps using it for stuff though. So I feel bad. I'm like, well, if they're going to keep using it, then, you know, not, I mean, not that they use my, that that's not something that we do. We do not share passwords or accounts. No, never. Absolutely not. I've never done that. No. Kelly's winking. I don't know what I'm that not, means, though. I'm not winking. I'm not doing anything because I don't do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish, you know, Kelly could just pop out of your phone or whatever else device screen and wink at you how she just winked at me because I, I don't I know never, what it means. I've never winked a day in my life. I don't know how uh-huh. to do it. I blink. I, I like blink. I love visual gags. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Oh, uh, is there any uh, other Halo? blinking oh. right now oh yeah yeah yeah. was there um, halo news i cut you off to talk about steven spielberg <laughs> no it's okay um and then halo infinite multiplayer shadow also dropped to celebrate halo's 20th anniversary halo halo it, halo, halo multiplayer's 20th <laughs> anniversary because for whatever reason everything's different also, sometimes the shadow is capitalized like shadow the hedgehog does that make more sense? Oh, it. Oh. You called it Halo Infinite Multiplayer Shadow. Oh. Dropped. Halo Infinite Multiplayer Shadow dropped to celebrate Halo Multiplayer's 20th anniversary. So it was a surprise. <gasps> it's not called Shadow. Some of us <laughs> read the Google Doc and they don't do research because they don't care about Halo. And then. They're wrong, and they look like Boo Boo the Fool. I mean, I'm the one who accidentally capitalized the word shadow. Well, 
I, I should have looked at it, but I, I honestly thought I had all my information. <laughs> it did look like Halo Infinite Multiplayer Shadow. Like, that's how it was laid out. So Some of us just don't... Some of us stopped at Halo 3, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I've not really played Halo. I played a little bit of the first game after I got my Xbox. And I was like, this is old. Because I couldn't <laughs> figure... I got, like, five hours in, and then I got really lost on a mission, and then I quit and didn't come back. I did play this, though. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think oh, I'm the no. audience though. Like, yeah, I just felt know. like I was in the seventh grade playing Call of Duty because it's Ugh. just the nature of it. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. It feels very like PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 to me. Not in visuals, just in like style, the gameplay feel. feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of how it looked like to the to the naked eye yeah and like the way that i i like my first person shooters to have like tons of maneuver mechanics and stuff like lots of ways to move around yeah like i i love games like titanfall and doom and deathloop but this game doesn't but that's because it's a multiplayer game i don't think it can um so at one point i got like a grapple hook power up briefly and it felt really freaking good and i was like I wish it all had that, but I don't think I think that would make it unplayable. You good over there? I just like when you said death loop, for some reason my headphones like cut out for a second and it just sounded like death oop. It <laughs> like you said death poop. <laughs> Game of the year nominee. Death poop. We're a very serious show, folks. Oh, no, I just had a voice crack. Maybe I am in the seventh grade playing Halo Infinite. Voice cracking. Voice crack a lacking. Voice crack. Laughing at poop jokes. This is literally the seventh grade episode. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to move on to... Mi wait, no, eighth grade wasn't. No, never mind. What? I was going to say I can't wait to move on to middle school, but middle school was seventh and eighth grade. Oh, was your seventh and eighth? Yeah. Mine was sixth, seventh and eighth i can't um i cannot imagine being a sixth grader and being in the same building as eighth graders they were so scary back then yeah i mean i i like never saw them they kind of kept sixth graders in like two hallways i see and that's where we talked about call of duty no that's not true i didn't play call of duty till the seventh grade and then i got really into call of duty and that's all i did mm, i see i see it was a rough time in retrospect <laughs> Yeah, we. I mean, middle school. Nobody was. Nobody had a good time in middle school. I mean, I did when I was playing Call of Duty, and now I look back and I'm like, <laughs> "Dang, boy, you should have played some high quality titles that made you a better person." Well, you were a kid. I was a kid. Um, just like Phil Spencer, who was once a child. What? Uh, well, okay, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Phil Spencer, uh, in response to some questions, stated that Game Pass is, quote unquote, not burning through money, <laughs> um, which sounds goofy, but like it's a fair thing to say because I kind of assumed to some extent that Game Pass wasn't super profitable. But at this stage, he says that it is completely sustainable, which is exciting because they keep adding quality stuff. So if they're in a sustainable, if this is how it's going to keep going, just adding new stuff consistently i'm very happy well i'm glad that game pass isn't burning through money 
because I sure am not having Game Pass and having to buy all these games. Support us on Patreon so Kelly can support her addiction. (laughs) (laughs) You make it sound like I'm like, I gotta buy a game. I gotta buy a game. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I like to buy a game when I want to play a game. Wow. I think that's kind of the standard, but I, I do appreciate your the way you're emphatic about it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes those pauses trying to come up with transitions are are really profound content. So some of you may know that a little little game called a little <laughs> trilogy called the GTA trilogy was launched and it was not good it was quite bad (laughs) um it was not available for pc so if you wanted to play this game on pc this weekend i'm sorry but you were poop out of luck um there was also a lot of issues like in general with the game with the game's release. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, the PC players got the brunt of it. Um, so, you know, you remaster a whole trilogy and then you're just like, ooh, we messed up. Sorry. We didn't We didn't do the right code. I'm sorry. It's just... Uh, it's not good. How does one of the biggest video game companies ever release old games on a platform that requires online connectivity because they put it on the Rockstar launcher, which is required, and then not, like, the Rockstar launcher went down. How how do you, why? Why can't you just buy it and play it? It's That's an Rockstar, baby. Game. <sighs> well, I actually played this game. Yes. San Andreas specifically. Um, because it was on Game Pass, I would not have paid money for this because I thought it looked ugly from the trailers. And I played it like like a couple hours after it came out because I wanted to know what it was like and I didn't go on the internet. I didn't look at the discourse. And right off the bat, it was just a mess. I think that the new hyper-polished visuals look really gross on the old models. Like, they look really scary <laughs> unsettling. <laughs> um, the gameplay feels, like, really dated. They did a little bit of touch-up, but it just doesn't feel good to, like, move or control your characters, which, like, if you're playing a PS2 game, that's kind of okay, but this is the definitive edition. Like, there's nothing definitive about it from the feel. The frame rate's wildly unstable. I was playing on an Xbox One X, which is a perfectly powerful piece of hardware it should have no trouble but like especially when i was driving around the frame rate was just a mess the game would freeze up it would just like lock up for a couple seconds while it thought about where i was going and i was like this is the worst the audio like goes up and down in quality constantly like sometimes it sounds kind of modern and normal and then other times it's super crackly and compressed and there's just like a bunch of other bugs. It wasn't running well. And like my character would constantly do weird things during the opening cutscene. The subtitles would like 
they were faster than the game. So like within a few seconds, they were like one subtitle ahead, you know, like one full line ahead. And by the end of the cutscene, it was like the, the, the subtitles ended like a full 30 seconds before the cutscene ended. <laughs> it was just, it was awful. And I was like, this is a mess. How is this possible? Am I having a weird experience? And then I went on the internet and saw the discourse and oh my goodness, this game is getting torn to shreds as it deserves to be. $60 package and it's an absolute disaster. Yeah. It's just there's really no excuse for it. Yeah. And I only played it for research purposes for the show and like I was like maybe I'll play more of it going in and then as soon as I got like just a few minutes into the game I was like this I'm just going to play this for like an hour so that I can talk about it in an informed way. Yeah. This was by no means a fun experience. Yeah, I mean I feel like even we were saying maybe last week or the week before, it just looks, it's just not, it looks, it looks a little bit funky. Yeah. Like something isn't quite right. And I feel like that already sort of sets the tone for the rest of the experience in terms of like, okay, well, if the design isn't good, then it's like something's got to be good, right? Nope. Nope. Um, Like even the gameplay isn't fun because you're, Dealing with all these like frame drops and stuff like that, and and new it's janky, bugs. yeah, bugs that didn't exist, and now that they do, like so. I don't really care to go back and play the originals anyway, because like you know, there's a lot to play these days, and it's very old, and I just don't want to go back, you know, not in like a I don't like preservation way, just in a I don't want to play that way. So the yeah. fact that going back to it in this package makes it worse. This is not the definitive edition. Rockstar, get a, get a, what's the thing with words? Dictionary. That's a really <laughs> ironic word to forget. <laughs> <laughs> get one of those books that tells you what words mean. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. <laughs> but look up definitive. That's not what this game is. I can definitively say I will not be playing. Good. Don't buy this game. Even on sale, don't buy this game. Don't do it. Don't do it, folks. Did you buy any games this week, Kelly? Did you I feel did. your game buying addiction? I did, yeah. I had to unpack my addiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought Unpacking on PC, and I played it for about mm, like three hours, I want to say. No, maybe more like two. I think I got to the final level. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, what are your I thoughts? I cried. <gasps> Already? I did. Yeah I, I <laughs> yeah, I cried. I don't know. I guess I just felt like, um, I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't know. I guess when you play the game and you talked about it last week, but when you play the game, you really do feel like, you know, this person very well. It's really intimate to like, um, know someone and the way they live and the things that they have. And I sort of felt like I've been through a lot of changes in my life these mm -hmm. past like two years, especially this past year. And I feel very connected to someone trying to hold on to little things um like for instance there's this like cup that they first have i think like with their roommates who obviously they're very close with their roommates there was this like mug and they brought it with them like everywhere to, to each move and it became like chipped more and more chipped and stuff and i don't know that just made me kind of emotional because it's like you can never go back to a certain point in your life. And I feel like that game 
really captures that sentiment very well and sort of longing for that part, but also like understanding the need to keep moving forward. Um, and I, as far as I can tell, it seems to have a relatively happy ending. So um, I'm excited to finish it. Um, but yeah, it's very calm, calming, very relaxing. I love to click on things and I love to put things places. So this was really the game for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really hit that nail on the head. It's just shocking how much emotional impact can be held just from moving objects around, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Especially the game is simple. Yeah. Especially like, so the, the game is pretty flexible with where you put certain things, but sometimes things are like not where they're supposed to be. And sometimes that's very indicative of like the character's feelings at the time, which I won't spoil anything, but there was one that really got me and I was like, Oh, was it the, uh, was it the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew just, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I just physically demonstrated because I don't want to spoil it either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I, made I, me quite sad. I know I already said it last week, but like, I can't recommend this game enough. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like Kelly and I will be discussing it more in some, uh, game of the year discussions. Whoa. Beep, 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 beep. Give me the year, beep, 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 beep. Give me the year, beep, 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 beep. Give me the year. So when we have our Game of the beep. Year episode, Kelly, could you uh do that again? Please? Yeah, I don't know what came over me. It was powerful. <laughs> it was really powerful, and it really got me excited for the end of December. Thank you. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. I okay. felt possessed by the spirit of Jeff. Of Jeff Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm try very... to live through him every day. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> I love him. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's so desperate sounding. You know what? It's it's getting a little bit weird. Maybe we should move on to what you played this week, Andrew. Okay. Well, let's do that. You have anything else to get out before I start? No. Go ahead. Okay. That no sounded like I had a question mark, so I am expecting to get cut off within the first like two minutes of this with something. Um, so as hinted earlier in the episode, I played Psychonauts 2 this week. I got it on Xbox and started to play through it. I by no means can give a review because I only played like three, somewhere between three and five hours. Um the opening was not for me, and I was a little surprised and concerned. I just wasn't feeling it for the first, like, hour. Um, I didn't like the opening mission, and I thought this was, like, something I was going to bounce off of pretty quick. But by the time I got to the first actual main story mission, things really turned around quickly. I really liked the world design, and it, the writing really upped its game a lot. I also went into the settings and turned combat to extremely easy mode because I quite don't like the combat in this game. I think it's really janky and hard to understand. So I just decided, you know what? These accessibility features are here for a reason. I'm not enjoying the combat. Let's make the combat just a side thing that I don't have to worry about. And that made a huge difference, allowed me to explore the worlds in a more like pleasant way. And I'm really excited to play more. I don't know if I'll be able to finish this in time for like game of the year discussions, but I am planning to play this game start to finish. So look forward to some more impressions later. Oh. But I also played something relevant. 
<laughs> Shin Megami Tensei V released for Nintendo Switch on Friday of last week. This is the fifth entry in the Shin Megami Tensei franchise. I don't know if you knew that based on the title. Um, it has been quite a few years. The last main entry was on 3DS. Uh, my experience with that series is it's pretty good. You know, I played Shin Megami Tensei 3 when I was younger on the PlayStation 2. And then I played some of 4 on the 3DS, but didn't really like it very much. I was not a fan of the very stagnant visuals. So this game being a full 3D game with lots of exploration in it was something that had me really excited. So I've played about 10 hours. I played a lot this weekend. I got really addicted right off the bat. And my impressions are extremely positive. I like the visual style a lot. It's a little drab, but I would say deliberately. Um, I'm only in the first area still because of how thoroughly I'm playing. So I am looking forward to seeing what else the game holds. Because I've seen just desert thus far. Uh, but the demon designs are very nice. If you've played any Persona or Shin Megami Tensei games before, you will be familiar with a lot of these designs. I really like the combat. Again, it's similar to those games, so if you're familiar with the weakness system, you will know what you're getting into. But for those who don't, the general feel of the game is that when you're in combat, you want to be looking for your opponent's weaknesses to different magics and such. And when you find that, it allows you to make more moves. So finding a, an enemy's weakness can put you at a real advantage, but also they are able to utilize the same systems. So if they figure out your weakness, they can truly destroy you. Uh, it's not an easy game. It has a lot of difficulty options. Well, by a lot, I mean three, normal, easy, and hard. I'm playing it on normal and have definitely, I've bit the dust a couple times, which is pleasant in a game because honestly, it's been a while since I'd like actually died in a game. And I was like, oh, I lost <laughs> on normal mode. Uh, but it's it's really exciting. I, I'm excited to return to this series. I haven't really sunk my teeth into it since Shin Megami Tensei 3. And I think the developers have learned from their experiences. They've learned from Persona. This is not a Persona game. So if you, if you are expecting it to be, don't. don't just don't do that. You will be disappointed. There is no dating. Are you okay, Kelly? I can't play it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like no life mechanics. It is mostly just a linear JRPG experience. The world is pretty open, but it is not an open world game. You're on linear pathways, but they have a lot of like branching side things that you can do. I have done every single side quest I've come upon, which I have not done in a JRPG in a long time. I might have to lay it lay off it a little so I can actually finish the game in a reasonable amount of time. But the side quests are really quick and snappy. So even the ones where it's like, hey, just go kill five of these, five of these enemies, I'm going to do that by coincidence anyway. And the ones that have like interesting plots behind them are really good. Like I helped one side quest. I went up to a mermaid hiding under a bridge and I'm like, what are you doing? And the mermaid's like, my friends are really angry and have been killing things now. I'm scared. Go check out what's going on. So I was like, okay. So I like made a big trek, which was mostly parallel to the main story path. You know, I didn't go crazy off the beaten path, but I found her friends. They were evil mermaids. They were not being nice. 
And then it turned out they were being possessed by a, a greater demon who I had to fight. He was a boss. He spooked me, beat me up pretty good. And then uh, that didn't fix it. So I went back and she was like, well, there's somebody else that might be able to fix, it, fix that. It's like some big angel demon thing on a mountain. And I went and found her. I was like, hey, will you help? And she's like, you got to beat me up first. And I was like, that seems counterproductive, but <laughs> I will. And it was like a really fun boss battle. And then she was like, okay, you beat me up. I'll, I'll cure her friends. And then I went over to her and she's like, oh my God, you cured my friends. I can't believe this. Thank you. And there's a lot of systems in place. She actually gave me what was called a talisman, which is a frequent mechanic where certain types of enemies unlock new super attacks. That is just one of the many systems that I'm not going to get into because, oh my goodness, there's so many, but there's a lot of... You can choose your party. It's kind of like Pokemon, except you are also fighting, and you can have three three demons with you at all times. Uh, I really recommend looking into this if you are a JRPG fan or if you want to be a JRPG fan. On easy mode, this could be a really good entry point. The visuals, as I said, are nice, and I really, really, really like the main character's design. Long, flowing blue hair, and kind of like no gender. It's really cool. I'm a really big fan. So, I'll have more impressions later. I mean, I played a lot. I was like, 10 hours isn't that much, and then I'm like, this game came out four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope to finish this before year's end, so that I can keep it in the in the running for game of the year i don't know if i would call it my game of the year at this point it's too early to tell but i look forward to playing more i'm really enjoying it and i highly recommend it to anybody who's any degree of interested nice so we did it kelly we, we made it through another week we survived we did i have no idea just how just barely i'm just barely yeah. hanging on yeah, you look like you're gasping for air right now are you okay yeah that's i'm doing great oh good i have plenty of air right now good i <laughs> <laughs> that's a really uh standard thing i think but i'm glad that you have the correct amount of oxygen in, in your in your bones in your body as far as we know right we could do some tests that's all right i'm on my way i have big needles <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> the second half of this podcast will just be me driving and being like, Kelly, are you okay still? You, yeah. you okay? And it'll be 45 minutes of that. Yeah. Oh, no. I just revealed how far you live from my house. Ooh. Uh, uh. People are going to figure out where we live exactly. It's not true. It's not true. I live in uh, Utah. I live in Wyoming. Are Utah and Wyoming next to each other? They're pretty close, but I don't think they're 45 minutes okay. apart. I think Wyoming's above Utah. I'm a United States citizen, and I don't know where any of the states are. I know where Texas is, and Florida, and California. The only ones that count are the hard ones to know. In Nevada, New Mexico. Where did I say I lived? Utah. Utah. Oh. And where did you say? Wyoming. <gasps> we could definitely be 45 minutes away. No way. They're neighbor each other. Ooh. Wyoming <laughs> neighbors Utah, Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska. Idaho, Utah. 
<laughs> nice one, Kelly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was a good one. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I take it back. Oh, thank you. Anyway, I look forward to driving over to Wyoming to see Kelly. Yeah. To make sure she has enough oxygen. You know, that state, it's pretty uh, low to the ground. Is it? I don't know. What's it's the not elevation? like Denver, the mile high city. Let's uh, average elevation. Oops, I caps lock instead of A. Of um, what state? Wyoming. Wyoming. Average elevation of Wyoming is 6,700 feet. Okay, never mind. That's really high. What's the average elevation of the place where we live that I won't state that we've definitely stated before? I'm going to say zero. The average elevation of Ohio <laughs> is zero, Kelly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, take your guess. I have the number up here right now. I don't know. Maybe like 1,000, like oh, 1,200. 1,549 the know, average see? elevation in Ohio. We're almost at sea level. We're almost in the sea. Good. Good. That's All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. I don't know what this was. Just a little trivia. Trivia for us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the audience could guess along and judge that we don't know what states are by what other states. Yeah. Is it common knowledge that Utah and Wyoming share a border? I feel. I mean, I said Wyoming for a reason. I knew that they were attached, but you said like a minute ago that you didn't think they were attached. Yeah, I did. I said I think Wyoming's above, but I was wrong about that. But it's next to it. It's above. It's above. So I was right the first time. Yeah, but you said they weren't within 45 minutes of each other. Because you can be... If we live I'm on not the within borders, 45 minutes of Canada, and Canada's above me. Well, if you live at the bottom of Wyoming and I live at the top of Utah, that's 45 minutes for sure. Well, I wasn't going to get into logistics that deeply. I'm sorry the show got so political here at the end. <laughs> Wearing our opinions on our sleeves. I'm quitting. Just kidding. I'm back in it. Oh, that's cool. I quit, but if you come back, then I unquit. Okay, I came back, so. Because for a minute there, it was going to be talking games with and. <laughs> <laughs> with and. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the 25th episode of Talking Games. I can't believe we did it. What's next? I'm going to guess 26. Uh, I think you might be right. <laughs> We're getting into the holidays. It's time to start preparing some special episodes for y'all. Look forward to those. Oh, yeah. I know I am. It's only like a month away until like we're going to be talking about our games of the year. I know. That's insane. Crazy. It's wild. I cannot wait to just talk about the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition trilogy or how, whatever order those words are as my game of the year. I can't wait to talk about Halo Infinite Shadow <laughs> as my game of the year. There's, it sounds like Halo, like it's two subtitles at that point. <laughs> Halo colon infinite colon infinite shadow. Shadow. <laughs> the, ne the never ending shadow. Yeah, because you also didn't say infinite shadow. You said infinite shadow. Yeah. Two separate words. It wouldn't be an episode of Talking Games if one of us wasn't a little, uh, just a little dumb. <laughs> Which one of us? I'll leave that up to you. 
<laughs> I forgot how many times the word the was in the Grand Theft Auto def the Definitive Edition, the trilogy. We share a dunce cap between us. Yes, it's very big. <laughs> because we live 45 minutes apart, so it has to be big enough to reach. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is really fun.